This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. It's well, my, thanks for having me, Sam. <laughs> my pleasure to be with you, Richard. <laughs> my name is Sam, and I'm your host, and we are taking your leadership to the next level. Certainly hopefully. hope to. Hopefully. We'll see. If you'll listen carefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, what do you have for us this week, Richard? We'll just, we'll just dive right in. Dive here. right in. Well, um, you know, I've been thinking this last week or so, I was uh, speaking to a group, and uh and the Lord actually took me to uh, Ephesians chapter four, and it says something kind of interesting. I thought we could camp on a little bit here today. Uh, and it, it, now I don't want to. I'm not going to bore people to death telling them about my running uh, 13.1 miles in a half marathon a few weeks ago. But mm-hmm. but just to refer uh, back to that for just a moment. The time uh, that you ran a half marathon. Yeah, that time. Well, thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> now that you bring that up, um, yeah, I. You know, one of the things I did when I was going to run is I. I really was determined I needed to travel as light as I could, and uh, so I normally have a, a belt with some uh, water bottles I could take with me or Gatorade, but uh, I thought, ah, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to carry that extra weight, 13 miles. I better. Uh, they, they do have a couple of stations where they'll have Gatorade and water sitting out and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know what, maybe I'll just forego the belt. And then I, I would, normally I would carry uh, a cell phone with me so I could keep track of how far we'd gone and my pace and all that. But I'd gotten a, a Garmin watch that kind of tells me all that information and has music on it and everything. And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll ditch even my cell phone. Like I'll just be that much lighter, just have a little watch on my wrist instead. And, uh, you know, I, I, it was kind of cool out that morning. And so, uh, I think, uh, Daniel was going to wear a long sleeve shirt or something. And, you know, we're trying to decide, do you want to wear long, like sweatpants? And no, like I decided I'm going with shorts. I'm going with short sleeve. Like I'm going as light as I can. I'm not carrying anything extra. Uh, everything is going to be as, uh, all about lightweight. And even uh, got a haircut the day before. Yeah, it's like whatever I could. I shaved. I just whatever I can do the light and the load. Um, and uh, you know, over the year before, I had done a few things, uh, getting better shirt. You know, better short. I, I I didn't even have running shorts uh, when I first started out a year ago. I had some old basketball shorts or something and I, <laughs> but they're bigger and heavier and bulkier. And, and, you know, I just gradually, I kept, uh, switching things out and saying, yeah. okay, well I, this is a lighter version. It breathes better. It's less heavy. And then, you know, when, when I got out on that run and it was, it was cool to start with and the wind was, uh, cool, but I see people running and they've and they obviously started out wearing a sweater or wearing a jacket now they've got it tied around their waist and they're having to kind of run through all this extra paraphernalia that they're carrying with them now yeah. because they took too much and now they're it's hot and it, it got up to be in the high 70s before that race was over and you end up on blacktop where they r- drive nascar races at the atlanta speedway and and yeah, I was hot and sweaty and I was so glad that, uh, I mean, I was hot as it was and I traveled as light as I could. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would have made it if I had carried any extra stuff more than I needed to. And so when I was thinking about that, I just, I was reminded again that in life, 
there's a lot of stuff that we pick up along the way that's not necessary. And we, we carry with us a lot of stuff that we just need to process and let go. Um, and I, I just see some people's lives and some people's leadership so cluttered that it gets so complicated. Even just making some pretty straightforward decisions sometimes becomes this major ordeal because they've got so much clutter in their life now and relationships and bad ha- habits and commitments they should have gotten out of a long time ago that they didn't. And and now all of a sudden things are just complicated. So, so I was reminded when I was reading Ephesians 4, and uh, beginning about, about verse 20, it says, but, um, but that is not how you came to know Christ, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And then verse 22, it says, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to, to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away, lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. And and so it's uh, we'll, we'll look a little bit further into that. But what I think is interesting is Paul says, look, if you're a Christian, there, you, you the, the, the day before you became a Christian, you were your old self and you were uh, very much influenced by the world, by sinful habits, sinful behaviors, sinful attitudes. And it just permeated your whole being. There's, it was just so natural to you. It's like a fish in water. You just, that's the world in which you lived, uh, yeah. in which you were born. Th- those attitudes you saw uh, on TV every time you watched a show, when you listened to popular music, or you watched a, you saw a, a billboard as you're driving down the, the road. Um, and so you were immersed in one way of thinking, and all of a sudden you became a Christian, and now Paul says basically for the rest of your life, you need to be in the habit of doing two things. One is you need to be putting off things that you've, you're still carrying around with you that are not like Christ, that are not edifying to a Christian. And the other thing you need to be doing is putting stuff on that is like Christ, because you don't just become like Jesus the moment that you become a Christian. You, that is a daily working out of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, uh, and so the Spirit is going to be constantly coming to you and saying, hey, why are you still carrying this around in your life? Like this unforgiveness. Yeah. Uh, uh, why would you let that keep messing you up? Like just let it go. Like just cast it off from you. But then there's forgiveness over here. You've never put that on. You've never picked that up. And, and, and God's got all kinds of stuff in his storehouse that would make you a better person. And I, I, I like talking, it can sound a little new agey, I suppose, or self-helpish, but, um, but I like to say that God always has a better version of you available. There's always a better, there's a new version of you that God could have. And that new version consists of you putting some things off from your life that have been holding you back and putting some things on in your life that you've never incorporated into your character, your walk with God before. So for instance, he says, therefore putting away lying. Um, and you know, this, we, we know that it's not right to lie, but there's a lot of people that exaggerate, 
you know, this, I don't, I don't lie. I just exaggerate. <laughs> I just, I don't lie. I just focus on the positive. <laughs> uh, you know yeah. what that's like. Maybe you're in sales and it's like, well, if I told the stark honest truth, I'd never make a sale here. I, I, I've got to at least put, I, I, I don't lie. I just put a spin on things. Yeah. Uh, and Paul so would politicians say, politicians do, right? They yeah. Just... They're not lying. They're just speaking like a politician. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Paul would say, yeah, but do you realize that people don't take you seriously? Do, do, do you realize that when you're speaking, people divide by half whatever number you're giving them? Yeah. Um, you know, I was trying to deal with someone the other day, and I had to say, and he's not, he doesn't mean poorly, but he just, he, he sees things so positively that he's not always in touch with reality. And so yeah. I just said, look, I don't want, I don't, don't give me the positive spin. I said, I, I want reality here. So like, don't give me the best case scenario because that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Give me what's the reasonable case scenario, what's more than likely is going to happen. Uh, and so Paul's saying, hey, do you know how much more impact you, you would have if people knew that whenever you said something, they could take it to the bank, that it was absolutely true, that you never said anything that couldn't be verified and proven time in and time out. Uh, and so, he, but he says that, but that's a choice you make. You, some people would say, yeah, but I've just always, I've always been that way. I've always exaggerated. I always, I always stretch the truth a little. I don't mean anything by it. It's just a white lie. And Paul would say, but, but you have the ability to put that away from you. Yeah. You could actually take that dishonest strain and, uh, and, and you can put it off and, and not have it be a part. And instead, you can take on honesty and become known as someone that's absolutely truthful under every circumstance. And, and then he says, uh, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Uh, and I'll tell you, people like the first part of that verse. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, the Bible says you could be angry. And, you know, we've, I think we've talked about this uh, before, but... Uh, uh, whenever people try to justify their anger, they typically say, well, Jesus, he was angry and he cleared the temple. He cleansed yeah. the temple. And, uh, a little pet passage. Yeah, and I always say, well, number one, it does not say that he was angry. The, the, the number one passage used to justify anger doesn't say that Jesus actually got angry. He, it says he went in and he cleared the temple. That does, so we assume he must have been angry. But, uh, you know, if you read the Gospel of Mark's account, it says that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, went straight to the temple, looked around, and left. Didn't do a thing. It was late in the day. He kind of scoped it all out. And then the next day he comes back, and now he clear, cleans the temple out. But he, he, you would think that if he really was offended by it, if he was just angered by it, that when he first saw it, he would have immediately gotten to, to work but he doesn't. It's almost as if he takes time to consider and to think. And when he comes back, he knows exactly what he's going to do. So anyway, that's an aside. But to say that Paul says, yeah, be angry as long as you don't sin. And quite honestly, I have a hard time being angry and not sinning, not saying something unkind, doing something unkind. It's just better not to get angry in the first place. Yeah, it's rare Uh, you see anger without the sin. Yeah, and and then it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I think that's one of the 
the best pieces of leadership advice that you could have, certainly a good marital piece of advice, yeah. uh, to say, and, and I think the reason that Paul says that is we don't handle anger very well. So yeah, there's certain things you're going to see that will upset you. You know, you might be upset at something you see on the news, or you might be upset about some political incident or, uh, or, or maybe the way the boss treats you and your, fir- your emotions flare up and maybe you're righteously indignant about it. But what this is saying is, but you, people don't sit with anger well for very long. So before the sun goes down, resolve it. Do not let that anger fester day after day after day, because then, then you're in danger of sinning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's a great piece of advice, something I've tried to do uh, in marriage is, you know, if you, if you've got a conflict with your spouse, maybe you're both upset. Maybe you both said some things a little harsh to each other. You've, uh, and you you both know that you're upset with each other and now it's bedtime. Uh, and your, your spouse perhaps is not apologizing. Like, you know, that she should, uh, what do you do? And, and what Paul is saying is don't go to bed angry because you're going to, you may wake up angry. And uh, sleeping on anger doesn't always make it go away. Mm-hmm. The best thing is just get rid of it, put it aside. Say I'm just I'm just not going to be dominated by these feelings of anger. And and what he's saying is you've got the ability to actually put it away from yourself. And so do that. Uh, what what do you need? To, and so when I'm working with people who say, well, wh- what do you think God wants me to do in my life? I would say, well, I could tell you two things right away. One is I'm con- I'm certain that there's something in your life that if you were to ask God, he would say, it's time to put this off. Get yeah. rid of this. And I think there's also something that God would say, and you need to put this on. It's, it's been in the store, God's storehouse for years, labeled with your name on it, but you just don't ever seem to be in a hurry to pick this up. It might be uh, something to do with prayer. Uh, and you, you could be a much better prayer, but you've just never taken that seriously. You don't want to go there. Uh, could be forgiveness, could be any number of things. Um, and maybe you would say, you know what, I think this is the year where it's time that I put that on and uh, put that into my life. Richard and Daniel Blackaby will be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove on May 17th through 19th, 2021. The title of this event is On the Move, How God Increases Your Spiritual Influence. You can find out more and register at thecove.org. Links will also be in the show notes. Richard, I, I really like this uh, put off and put on. And, and uh, you know, we've talked about these kind of things before and, and how often the Christian life, if you focus just on the putting off, um, that's only half the story. Right. And if you just keep adding, then, then it gets a bit cluttered and, and difficult to deal with. And my mind goes to, um, you know, fruit trees, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of deep into the research oh, and, yeah. into fruit trees and berries, and we're, we're trying to get some of that going on our on our property. But, uh, you know, if you the, the taking off is the pruning mm-hmm. of the tree, because you don't just want some big, beautiful tree. Like, you want it to produce fruit. Um, and then the putting on is that that those amendments to the soil, the compost, the mm-hmm. mulch, and all this other stuff. And you know, if you just prune um, and you don't add what the tree needs, it's it's going to be an inferior tree. And if you just add what the tree needs, that it's just going to be a big tree that doesn't have a whole lot of fruit. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I like what what Paul's saying here. And so maybe just in the time left, take us through the the next 
couple of things that he that he talks about. Yeah, I, verse 29, a very awkward, uh, in-your-face kind of uh, verse. It says, uh, and no foul language should come from your mouth. Uh, and that word foul language really is talking about kind of sewage words. It's it's a word that would be used to describe fruit that's gone putrid and it stinks and it's gross and you, it just... Uh, it's very unattractive. And Paul uses that word to to describe words that come out of our mouth. It says those kind of words should never come out of your mouth, but but only words that are good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And of course, grace is a, it's a gift. It's an undeserved gift. And so Paul's saying, rather than speaking words that take life out of people, uh, that rob people of their joy uh, and so on. You, you need to speak words that are an unexpected gift that mm-hmm. actually impart life, impart joy. Uh, and uh, to be you, Christians ought to be the kind of people, le- Christian leaders ought to be the kind of people that after they've spoken with someone, they feel like I just got a, a gift I wasn't expecting. <laughs> uh, I, after talking with that person, I just feel like my spirit was lifted, like he spoke life into me. I feel recharged. and Yeah, but Richard, I'm just the kind of person who just speaks the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to read verse 29 then, because um, sometimes rotten fruit can be the truth of the situation, but nobody wants to have it put in their face. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I, I'm not the kind of person, I didn't grow up y- using profanity. Uh, I'm not known for that. And so uh, some people, I think, have mistakenly thought, well, that's what that means. I don't swear. I don't take yeah. God's name in vain. So that that's not speaking to me. But that's just saying any word that robs someone of their joy, their life, that, that instead of building them up, it, it takes them down. And, and I, you know, I, I know of times that I have been guilty of that sometimes to my wife. And sometimes it wasn't even that I was necessarily angry at uh, my wife or whatever. I, I, I was just thoughtless. Mm. I, I just said something without thinking and so maybe something that's kind of critical, some observation I had that was very uncharitable that did not I, I shouldn't have even thought it, but I certainly shouldn't have said it. Yeah. And then you, you, you find sometimes these words come out of your mouth and then you watch the life leave someone's face, the joy disappear from someone's face. And you realize right then, why on earth did I say that? Why, why would I ever express those words? Uh, what could I possibly thought that that would do to help anybody yeah. uh, or make the situation better in any way? I just, somehow I felt at the time, it's like throwing up sometimes when you have an upset stomach, you know, you, you feel better, but not, no one around you is blessed by the experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it just makes me think you can have a real PG rated corrosive language. Like yeah. it can, it can be damaging to those around you, but, but, but it can still be, you know, yeah. PG rated. If yeah. It were, as yeah. It were. You know, and I remember I was talking to a policeman one time, he was an undercover, he's a narcotics uh, officer. And he came to me after I had spoken and just said that he was just so deeply convicted because he said his whole job, all of his training was to find, to see what was wrong. So he said, if he, if I drive by a gathering of teenagers on a street corner, I don't look for all the law abiders, all the wholesome kids. I'm looking in that crowd to find the one law breaker, uh, the one person that's not doing what he should do. He said, that's what I'm trained to do. I, 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 I just skip right over all the people that are doing fine. I'm looking for the one violator. 
So I said, the problem is I come home and I've, that's what I've been doing all day long. And I've got two teenage kids at home and uh, a wife. And right away, I, I've got the same lens. And I just mm-hmm. immediately start trying to find what's wrong with my kids, what's wrong with my wife. And, and he said, it, and as a policeman, that, that does me well. And I, it's trying to keep law and order and it's trying to help society. And I, I'm doing it for a good reason. And I mean well, but he said, but but whenever I do that at home, it just alienates me from my kids mm-hmm. and alienates me from my spouse. And he said, I just, I've got to quit doing that. I, I, I know it's killing my family, but I, I, I felt powerless to stop myself. And, and I would look at a passage like this and say, well, but Paul said, by the power of this, you, know, you don't have the ability yourself to do this. If you try to do this in your own strength, you're going to constantly fail. But by the, by the, presence of the Holy Spirit, he can help you to take even the worst habits, the worst things that you do, and put them off and say, I'm just, I'm done with this. I'm just not going to do this anymore. And uh, Holy Spirit, give me the power to like put it off and keep it off. And then, uh, you know, Jesus told the story one time of, uh, of someone that had a demon cast out of him. And He's set free from the demon, so he, he sweeps up his house and cleans it all up. Like he cast out a strong person, uh, 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 someone that was oppressing him. But the demon goes, searches around and gets a couple of his buddies and decides to come back to, and finds his house all cleaned up and, and, and nice, and they all move in. And Jesus says the problem is that you can't just kind of remove an evil presence You've got to replace it with a strong, positive, godly presence, uh, yeah. and a, a strong man that that comes in and moves in. And now he won't allow those negative habits, those sinful behaviors, to come back. But our problem sometimes, if you just remove and you don't add, there's this void in your yeah. life, and it just sort of is going to be filled by something. And so you got to do both. And the last thing just to point out, and there's a lot, of course, in Ephesians uh, 4, but the last thing it says that I would just point out is uh, verse 30, it says, and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. And you have to meditate upon that. Like, what does that mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Like, to make the Holy Spirit sad? Uh, How would you do that? How How would you make God sad? And I think in part, you have to meditate on that and let him kind of help you uh, apply that to your life. But I feel like in part what that means is the Holy Spirit knows what God intends for you. God, he knows God's purpose for your life. He knows your capacity, your potential, what the purpose God puts you on this planet for. And the Spirit also knows how far beneath your capacity, your potential that you have chosen to live. Mm. And every time someone shrugs their shoulders and says, well, I hate it when I do that, but that's how I've always been. I've always been that way. My dad was that way. My brothers all are that way. And that's how I am. Mm -hmm. Um, The spirit of God, I think, grieves and says, but you could be so much more. You you don't, you could have put off that, that painful, a sharp tongue that has just wounded two family members again today. You could have put that away from you years ago and your family wouldn't still be being wounded today, but you haven't put it off of yourself and you could have put on godliness. You could have put on a wholesome, charitable, graceful uh, tongue that could have been giving gifts, verbal gifts to people, but you've never put that on. And it's sitting there. It's in the warehouse. It's just reserved for you. 
But for some reason, you've been content just to make excuses for your behavior. And year after year goes by, and you're the same old person, still offending people, uh, still alienating yourself from people, still wreaking havoc on on colleagues and uh, direct reports. And you could have been so much beyond that and past that now. Uh, but you're, you're the same person. And so I always say to myself, uh, as I enter, in, especially when I enter a new year, but throughout the year, I'll just ask myself, what would the new version of Richard Blackaby look like? If, if, if I were to ask the Spirit of God, so while I'm in 2021, uh, if I'm going to be a better version of me than I was in 2020, what needs to go and what needs to be added? Mm. And I'll tell you what, you'll never, you'll, if you ask the Holy Spirit that question, he'll never, you'll never find him speechless. He'll always have something. He'll say, well, glad that you mentioned that, Richard, actually. Here's a little item here that I've been trying to get rid of in your life now for years. Are you ready? Are you ready to let it go? Are you ready to cast it away from yourself? And, and then there's this item here that would make you so much more like Jesus if you would ever just start doing this and put it on. Are you ready now? Are you, would you like to see what your life, what your family, what your business would be like if you had this quality of Jesus mm. actively being uh, exercised and practiced in your daily relationships? And you've got to decide if you want that or you're content just to keep on kind of covering for the problems and the conflicts you have. Yeah, keep but, coasting. Uh, but I would just encourage uh, our listeners today to say, what would a new and improved version of you look like uh, and what would you have to subtract? What would you have to cast off, put away uh, to, to get rid of some of that junk that's still hanging around in your life? And what would be the first thing? Uh, and you don't have to be overwhelmed. Like God doesn't say, okay, here's 25 things you need to start doing right away. Um, the Spirit of God is pretty reasonable with that kind of thing, very practical. He'll say, well, start with this. Start with it. He, he'll have more, he'll, he has more than one thing, but... He'll usually let you focus and say, well, let's begin here. And when you got this done, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the next thing. And I'll tell you what, over the course of a lifetime, if every year throughout your adult life you're putting off and putting on, you, you end up becoming a lot like Jesus after a while. And mm. everybody around you is grateful that you did. Mm. Well, it's a great place to stop, and it's just uh, it's a great study, and it's a great uh, thing to do more often than not, to see what needs to go and what what needs to be added. So once again, thanks. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.